Nurse.com is proud to be a sponsor of the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. As the premier destination for nursing knowledge and resources, Nurse.com supports your passion for healthcare with an unrivaled collection of tools, articles, and courses tailored for the nursing community. Get your daily dose of things you need to know for your nursing journey. Discover the world of nursing like never before with Nurse.com. Empower your practice, advance your career, and enrich your knowledge. Nurse.com. It's your nurse life all in one place. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Ask Nurse Alice, the show where we talk about all things health, wellness, love, lifestyle, everything else under the sun, and I'll give you all the tea with no copay. Uh, for those of you who are turning, thank you so much for watching the show. I love reading your comments, getting your questions. Um, it's just amazing that I'm able to be of help, what you guys have said. And then if you're new to the show, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm your host, Nurse Alice. Um, and just so you know, yes, I am a real nurse. I am a cardiac clinical nurse specialist, family nurse practitioner, and emergency room nurse with over 20 years experience. But who's counting because I am aging backwards. Um, but uh, this is definitely the show where... Um, we talk about health, wellness, and the things to empower and educate you so you can make happier uh, and healthier choices so you can live a long and healthy life. Um, so I do this because y'all do that. Y'all end up in my ICU and my ER, and I don't want to see you there. I'd rather you tune in uh, every week to check out the show. So please make sure you go to your favorite podcast platform, um, subscribe, like, follow, uh, Ask Nurse Alice, that's the name of the podcast. And if you want to catch the video, you can go to my YouTube page at youtube.com forward slash Ask Nurse Alice, and you can you know watch all the replays, the videos, and please share. Um, I really think this is some helpful information. And again, no copay, no copay. You know, y'all don't like to go to the doctor, so help me help you in this time. And um, I'm really excited about today's show. Um, again, we talk about a variety of things, and I just want to just, you know, preface this conversation with, uh, there's a, you know, we're all stressed, there's lots of anxiety, depression, and a lot of things going on in the world today because of COVID-19, we've been separated from our loved ones, we're seeing a change in our economy, people are losing their jobs, um, you know, we're being confronted with illness, we're seeing a lot of social injustice, you know, that's been going on for a while, so let's just keep it real, but now because of the technology, we're able to see real-time images, um, and that's very stressful on us. And um, I want to emphasize that our mental health and mental wellness are very, very important um, these days, and you can't really have physical wellness and without mental wellness. They go hand in hand, guys. So it's really important that we talk about things that are going on in the world today. Um, and that's why I'm really excited about our next guest, because um, uh, Mike Hill, he, you guys have seen him. You've seen him around. Longtime journalist, sportscaster for Fox Sports FS1. You see him on Fox Soul. He is uh, one of the co-hosts for the Mike and Donnie show. Um, he's also has a show, Hyperdrive, which is currently being streamed on Netflix. Um, he's very active and engaged on social media. I've seen some of his workouts. Y'all, you know, check the brother out because he has a lot of um, inspiring things. And, you know, um, he talks about a lot of things. You've seen, I've seen him talk about being out in the marches. Um, talking about social injustice issues. So all around seems like a real, uh, you know, top dollar brother. I really appreciate him. And now um, we're also going to be adding to his repertoire um, author in his new book called Open Mike. Please welcome to the show, Mike Hill. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Hey, Nurse Alice, how's it going? So there's no copay, but do I have to have a certain type of insurance? No. I mean, to, you know, 
It's like okay. a free. It's like a free clinic. Hey, I like it. I yes. like it. Free, yes. some, some free clinics ain't good for you, though. I'm well, you. listen, listen. America's favorite nurse is on duty, and um, I'm I'm really excited to have this platform and talk about different things because you know. And let me just focus on our people of color. Sometimes we don't like to go to the doctor or see our healthcare mm. providers. So, um, if if I can, um, as you put it, you I think you refer to yourself as an infotainer. I think I read mm-hmm. that somewhere. Um, so same thing with me. I like to take what I do in the hospital, translate it to the people. I meet them, you know, through their ear pods, on their couch, whatever they're doing, so we can sprinkle a little health yeah. and wellness in their life. So, um, well, but thank you for doing that. Yes, and thank you for coming to our show. I'm really excited a lot. And you guys, I just gave you a snippet of the brother's resume, just so you know. There's a lot more that he has, he's done, and he has going on in his life. Um, and I'm hoping we can get to that in the conversation. Um, but the first thing, Mike, I want to talk about this book, because let me mm-hmm. say, I follow you on social media, so I've seen your workouts. I'm not there yet, but um, <laughs> I want to say, I used to, see, I used to see you do these um, like monologues called Open Mic. Mm-hmm. Is this where the book came from? I mean, tell us a little bit about where the idea for your book came from. So on, on Instagram, I do what they call mic checks, and that's just me kind of checking in. Mm-hmm. I feel a, a certain emotion or something that moves me, a message that resonates with me, and I just want to share it with the people, so I put those things out there. But Open Mic actually came from something that was deep down within. Like you said, a lot of people, uh, especially in our community, a lot of us don't want to go to the doctor and check up on our mental, uh, on our health, uh, mm-hmm. physical health. Uh, but we also got to take care, care of our mental and our emotional health, too. Yes. Uh, and so when... <laughs> It's funny because we have a mutual friend and she basically told me a long time ago, she you need to write your book, you need to write your book. And because I had a lot of things that was going on in my life. And I was thinking at that time that, you know, I'm not a big star. Who's going to read my book? You know, why, why would I do that? She said, you just need to write. So I put it off for a long time. But in 2017, something was deep down inside of me, Nurse Alice, that told me that you have to write this book. Mm-hmm. And if you don't write this book, you're going to die. And I swear uh-huh. to God, I really felt that because... On the outside, I was living this facade. I had this uh, this mask put on where mm. I looked happy physically. I was happy uh, mentally from the outside looking in. Professionally, personally, everything was going great. But on the inside, I had uh, compacted so much trauma, so much hurt, so much pain on the inside, and so many of the things that affected me over my life that I needed to let out. And this wow. book actually allowed me to let it out, so it became basically my therapy. Wow, you're right. Uh- and getting that out is very therapeutic. We bottle in so much. But, you know, society has made it that way. You know, like if you talk about your feelings, you're weak. Men can't cry and all of <laughs> these things. So I'm really glad that you finally were able to get this out. So what did that release feel like when you actually got those emotions, those experiences out on paper? What did, what did it feel I, like? Or I was people? telling a friend of mine today that, you know, back in the day when I was going through what I was going through before I actually started writing the book, I would just find myself at home crying by myself. Wow. And I'm like, why am I crying? What's going on? Because I don't cry. I'm not a person. And, and there's a, 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 a part of the book where you find out why I held in my tears because I was told no more tears mm-hmm. by my biological father. Right. Yep. So I held on to that as a black man for so many years and so long. But as an adult, I just find myself just crying every now and then. And I, I told people that, like, you can hold in. I don't want to get too graphic, but. Say you just try and hold, you know, you got to go to the bathroom. You try and hold that, you know, your urine for mm-hmm. a long period of time. Eventually, it's going to come out. Oh, yeah. So that's what happened with tears. It was just built mm-hmm. up, all this emotion, all this pain. And when you're emotional and you got a lot of pain, you automatically cry. Yeah. And 
I didn't realize that it wasn't a physical pain, but it was an emotional pain and all that stuff started coming out. So when I started writing a book, it just felt like a release. It felt mm. like I was regurgitating. It felt like I was basically throwing up all my issues, all of my emotions that was harming me and harming others in my life over a mm. period of time, over the years. And so every time I would write something, I would feel a release and I would yeah. feel like a weight had been lifted off of my body. And it just made me want to write more because the more I wrote, the better I got. And you described it perfectly. It's a weight. So we have all of this emotional baggage. It gets heavy. Mm. I mean, the, the, the actual incident and the trauma is heavy itself. But when you allow those things to pile up and pile up and pile up, like you, you know, you use the example of going to the bathroom, right? Yeah. You know, if you, if you got to go number two and you, you can only hold on to that sucker for so long and then it's going to become explosive. And that can, you know, when we get to our emotions and our feelings, you, and you, you alluded to it, it can impact how we treat other, other people, how it influences mm -hmm. other people. So for one, let me backtrack a little bit and tell everyone that you guys, when you have, we all have our own individual traumas, you know, some people still haven't talked about it, things that happened to you as a youth, you know, as a little kid, you know, memories that are coming back to you. You gotta talk about it, okay? Because mm -hmm. part of this is therapeutic. You need to acknowledge those traumas, work through them so you can be a better person. And not to mention that when you have that trauma and that stress, the hormones uh, that mm -hmm. are released, those can lead, I mean, if, if I'm gonna translate it to health, it's gonna lead to high blood pressure, diabetes, problem with your thyroids, weight gains, um, not to mention the emotional uh, behaviors that it's, you know, some people can be really nasty from because of some things that happened in their past and nobody knows because they didn't talk about it. Right. So, so this really, so I'm glad that you, you finally got this book out. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the book? Can you give us yeah, some teasers that, that, here? That, that, you kind of, you kind of hit it on the head because you know, like, you know, that's why I said I was going to die because I didn't realize as, as black men, we're taught to suppress, you know, issues oh, and not right. show those type of emotions and not, go and get help because if you go and get help then that's a sign of weakness so uh one of the reasons why i actually put the book out because i was just going to put them out it was going to be my diary or whatever and i said you know what this is i'm i'm, I'm and the tea is I, I i i'm very transparent okay i tell everything oh it's juicy I tell, yeah it's, it's a lot it's a lot that i unpacked and a lot of the stuff that i went through it wasn't just the pain that i went through or the the issues that somebody uh, did to me that affected my life, but what I did to other people mm. because of the pain that I was holding on inside, N mainly from my uh, relationship standpoint. You know, mm. I was, uh, I've been married twice and I'm about to get married again, obviously, but I finally became a man at the age of 47. I'm about to turn 50 uh, on, on August 19th, you know, but it took me that long to actually become a man. I thought I was a man, but I was doing childish things. So I had to grow up and become whole. I was inadequate. But because I put on this facade, because I put on this mask for so long, I was hiding my emotions and hiding my pain, hiding my fears or whatnot, and putting on this big, bold face. And I was mm -hmm. living a lie. And it affected my relationships. Uh, you know, like, I, I'm very honest about that. You know, my infidelities that I had, cheating on my wives or whatnot, you know, people look at me and say, no, he's a great father. You know, I had to learn how to be a great father because yeah. nobody taught me. I didn't have a male role model along the way. You know, and then when I, my biological father was never in my life. My stepfather was an alcoholic, uh, very abusive. Mm -hmm. The first thing that I ever saw or remember in my life when I was a kid was my mother getting her ass whipped. Wow. Sorry for cursing, but was okay. getting her butt whipped. 
you know, mm -hmm. and I remember those moments throughout, you know, my childhood and remembering that fear and being locked down and feeling like I'm helpless and I can't help this woman who birthed me and that I love because the man that's supposed to be protecting her is beating her down physically and mentally. How you know, old were you, find Mike? How old were you at that time? I was, well, the first, <laughs> I was probably about three <laughs> wow. when I first remember that, but it discontinued. You know, not just from my biological father, but my stepfather over the years, whatnot, uh, because he was an alcoholic, came home. My mom, you know, she wasn't, you know, the easiest person to get along with, to be honest with you, but she didn't deserve, right. no woman ever deserves to have a, a man putting uh, his hands on her uh, at all. So this went on until I was about 15 to 16 years old, until one day I said enough is enough. And you're reading the book, what I actually did to actually kind of, you know, try and stop that situation or whatnot. But wow. then then later on in life, finding out that the man that raised me, my step stepfather, because I took his, his last name, he showed love for me and he had love for me and he cared about me. But he did not know how to be a good man because nobody taught him. Right. He right. didn't have the therapy. He didn't have the male role models in his life to help him out. So luckily, I was able to learn from his mistakes. But when I went into the military, I come to find out later on, which I knew that he was already a killer, that this man was a hitman, And I wow. found out that later. And then, you know, of course, you'll find out why he spent the last nine years of his life in prison. It was for murder for hire and what he did to get there. So it's wow. a tragic tale of a lot of different things that kind of happened uh, over my life and, and the events that went in my life and how I was able to overcome it. So hopefully people will look not just at my transgressions, but look at my transformation and looking at the person that I am today because I'm still growing into my purpose right and we're and, and thank you for sharing that story and i'm so glad that you're candid and you can share your truth because it actually gives per pe other people permission to own what happened to them as a child so like you sharing what happened as early as the age of three those impressions are so memorable so i mean i'm, I'm sorry that that happened to you but you're not alone you definitely are not alone they're just people who haven't talked about it so for <coughs> you to you know kind of step up to the plate especially as a black man with everything that's going on, that shows leadership, that shows that to our other young, you know, young and older men that it's okay. It's okay yeah, to talk I, about these things. And, and that's important, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to say, I wanted to share. Like I said, I am willing to show you my pain for you to heal yourself. Mm -hmm. I, you know, a lot of people didn't even want me to put this book out. Mm -hmm. When I first wrote this book and I put it out there because I am so raw, it's so unfiltered, it's raw. I wrote it in my own words, so when you read the book. If you know me and you've been around me, like this sounds like Mike, every yeah. word. Somebody even gave me that compliment today that got an early copy. They said that this sounds like you. It's, it's almost like I'm hearing your voice say this. You know, I wanted to make it raw and real because of the things that I had to go through. But I also wanted to share that with people yeah. to let them know that they're not alone. Because they, like I said, there were people that told me, Mike, you can't put this out. Because why? Why, why didn't they want you to put it out? Because, what do you think? Because I'm being transparent, because I'm talking about things that, that I did, the mistakes that I made when I was 15, 16 years old that I didn't get caught for, but I'm being open about it and telling kids, hey, you know what, we're going to make mistakes. And because I went down this path right here or because I made this turn right here, I could have ended up dead. I could have ended up in jail. I could have ended up shot. I could have ended up, you know, wow. killing. So there are so many different things that I've done that... A lot of people looking at me right now and they see me on television like you gave me 
uh, my resume on Fox Sports, being on ESPN, Real Housewives of Atlanta, whatever, being my own show, Mike and Donnie show, whatever, Great Father, you see me on Instagram or whatever. Mm-hmm. You got to see the man that I used to be, or the, yep. the boy that I used to be, and the mistakes that I made, and why I made those mistakes, and being around the wrong people, whatnot. Not that I'm trying to put the blame on everybody else, mm-hmm. but these are your circumstances. And when you have these circumstances, if you are a boy right now or a man right now and you're in those circumstances, I need you to read my words. So if you read my words, you'll say, you know what? That sounds like me. I'm telling you, I don't want you to do the things I did. I had to learn and grow and I made a lot of mistakes and I hurt people. And that's why it was important for me to show what my decisions that I made in my life not only affected my life, but the people around me and you're hurting other people. So hopefully people... Uh, the light will go off and people will understand that. But because of the content in there and because I'm talking about my professional career as well and some of the things I went through in professionally, you know, there's a lot of people that told me, Mike, you, you can't write this book because this could destroy your career. But God told me there you go. if this is what I'm supposed to do, if this if this has any kind of effect on my career, then so be it, because that's my purpose. That's what I'm supposed to do. So, Mike, you, you said some really poignant things there. So some people are afraid of the truth. They, they really, really are. But as you mentioned, this is between you and God. This is what you needed to uh, get off your chest and share. And, and this mm-hmm. is part of your transformation. You know, being yeah. honest with yourself. What happened? How did it make me feel? What did I do wrong? And then, but it's not even about what you did wrong. It's about the transformation now, what you're doing and how you're moving forward. But I think it's so important for people, and I'm going to go ahead and call out black men to mm-hmm. see another black man go through those things and talk about it. Because we're lacking guidance. You know, not every home has uh, a male role model in the home. So you can be that for someone else. And, you know, especially with, um, they see your highlight reel, right? They see the, le- I mean, your, your beautiful fiance there, uh, Cynthia Bailey. Um, they see you on television, um, all these wonderful things. But what did it take for Mike Hill to really get there? And who was the real Mike behind the scenes? So I'm hoping that when we read your book, we're going to get some of that. And you're raw and uncut. So is this like PG-13? Are we at, what, I mean, nah. who, who's this book? It, 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 <laughs> it, it depends on, you know, like PG-13, you can get away with a lot. I, yeah. I would say it's like it's if you're watching television on cable and it's 8, 9 o'clock at night. Okay. Not necessarily HBO. Okay, but gotcha. if you're watching FX, FX kind of shows you a there little you bit here and there. VH1 on the reality show shows you a little bit. It's it's raw. Like I said, I I... I some of the words in there are, you know, uh, not this, they're not vulgar, mm-hmm. but you know, it's real. They're, I mean, it, there, there are stories in there. I, I, I basically spill it yeah. <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Well, and, and that's good. So we, I mean, it, it's, it's the truth and that is, it's you know, it's transparent. And so that's what we need enough of, especially in Hollywood. You know how that goes, all the smoke and mirrors and everything looks perfect. And listen, it's, it's not, life is not, is not easy. So, um, it's important for people to see that, to see the transformation that you've made and say, look, I've made mistakes. Um, as you, and as you alluded to, I could have been dead. I could have been in jail. I could have been all of these things, but I ended up here. And so hopefully someone who's reading your book can take from that lesson and then apply it to their life. So they don't, they too don't make, um, wrong decisions and they do end up in jail or end up dead. That's one thing that I think that I'm, I'm hearing from your book, which releases tomorrow, August nineteenth, mm-hmm. and so I imagine you're you're very very excited about that. Um, but let me let, let me ask one other question. You said that writing this book was therapeutic. Um, mm-hmm. Along the ways, because um, we don't talk about this a lot, and we don't have 
uh, enough therapists out there. Um, did you did you ever go to therapy or consider going to therapy? How how did that work? Because some some people are afraid to go yeah. to a therapist. What's that like as well, a before, mm-hmm. but well the book became my therapy, it was me getting things off my chest. Now, before that, the only time I had ever gone to therapy before was I had gone to some like marital counseling or whatever, but I never had a good experience because you know, one thing I've always been that if I have made mistakes, I will admit that I've made mistakes. I okay. will say that. But when you go to marital counseling, sometimes one side might not do the same thing, you know? So, and then yeah. if, if you're with the wrong counselor and you feel gained up on or whatnot. So yeah. it was like, I was t- kind of turned off from it. That was marital counseling. I needed individual counseling yep. because obviously the marriages didn't work because I hadn't taken care of my business, my job yep. first before go. I jumped into a business with somebody else. And that was a big issue. So here's the thing. And the reason why I'm so huge on mental therapy now and why I'm huge on going to find somebody, find someone to talk to is because even after you have done the job. So the book was my surgery that I've been needing for so many Mm, years. That's good stuff. I needed somebody to cut this cancer out of my body or remove this bullet this thing that's been in my body for so many years. So even if the bullet comes out of your body, you still have to get treatment afterwards. That's true. You don't just remove the the bullet and just let the wound stay there. Mm-hmm. You still got to patch the wound. You still got to treat the wound. You still got to make sure it doesn't get infected. Therefore, your treatment becomes your therapy after the fact. So I wrote the book and then I started going to counseling and mm-hmm. I've been going to counseling every week. And so like on Fridays at 12:30 Pacific time, I'm there and talking to my therapist because, you know, you'll find yourself saying, you know what, I don't really have a lot to say today. But then if you got a good therapist, they'll touch a nerve that will make Mm. you say the things you're supposed to say to get things off your chest. And can I tell you right now, Nurse Alice, ever since I've been going to therapy, it has changed my life. It has made me a better person. It has made me understand who I truly am. It has made me not be afraid of being who I truly am and showing the world who I truly am. And it's just made me feel lighter. Like I said, the book took a lot of weight off my my, my, my shoulders, but now I feel like I'm floating. And it's like, you know what? I, I got the best years, I, I pray, of my life coming up. Like you said, I'll be 50 tomorrow and uh, I am the next 25, 30 years are gonna be the best 25, 30 years of my life because I know who I am and I feel like I'm good enough and I'm adequate and I'm whole now because I'm walking into my manhood. I love it. I gotta give a clap because I, I love hearing these type of things. And by the way, you are aging backwards. I have to say that you do not look nowhere near 30, something like that, but go ahead, I'll, I'll get 50. So sweet. Um, and, but it's also probably because those, uh, I've seen your workouts on Instagram. I'm not gonna go there right now, but, uh, but getting all that off, I promise you that Y'all, your mental health plays such a big role in how it affects you physically. Y'all seen those people, you're like how, you know, you're, you're thinking they're like 40, like I'm 20, I'm 29, because you see that stress on their face, yeah. those wrinkles, that weight. Um, but I'm glad, I was actually talking to someone um, about on, the, on a similar topic, and they said that they felt lighter as well. So that's interesting that you use those words, because... Uh, that trauma, that stress can re- be way really, really heavy. So when we say there's a monkey on your back, it feels like there's about 10, 15, 20 monkeys on your back when, you, when you've when you not dealt with it. Um, 
And you're right, going to therapy is very important. Guys, you don't have to wait for something to quote unquote go wrong to go to mm. therapy, right? Just like we, you know, we talk a lot about eating healthy, exercising to maintain and promote our wellness. Same goes for our mental health. And truth be told, y'all got baggage. We all oh, yeah. have emotional Ooh. baggage, whether we admit it or not, you got some. I'm glad you said that. That's very important because a lot of people feel like, well, ain't nothing going wrong in my life. Yeah. I was saying the same thing to myself. Hey, hey, my life is fine, man. I'm, I'm, I would tell people and I would tell myself I'm the happiest I've been, I'm, I've ever been in my life, both professionally and personally. Yeah. And then, like I said, something just hit me and made me feel this way. Yeah. If you're a person right now, especially if you're a black man or you're a black person in this country, mm -hmm. let's just keep it one, one thousand. Keep uh, it. You have some emotional trauma yes. that is in your life more than likely because there is something something that you have dealt with your entire life and every black person that you know has dealt with their entire life and it's called racism mm -hmm. and when you have dealt with racism on you feel it it's out there whether somebody calls you the n-word or, or whatever or there's stress at work there that's trauma it that is. you have learned over a period of time to suppress and because you suppress that, that is that is killing a part of you yeah. that you don't even realize. Once you let that go and you're able mm -hmm. to uh, clear that space, you can allow blessings and good things to come into your life and goodness, and you can grow in a good way. You mentioned that I'm, you know, I thank you for the compliment that I don't look 50. But when I go back to certain areas that I grew up in and I see people I went to high school with, I see the stress of their lives and mm -hmm. the things they've gone through and alcohol and drugs or family members or whatever and i see them I, you say i look in like i'm in my 30s they're my age, age 50 and they look like they're in their 70s yep. a lot of them I've you know it. it's it, it it ages you and it yes. takes away from your body why do that to yourself so if you can't afford a, a therapist or a counselor talk to somebody write a journal right. talk to your pastor find a confidant somebody that you can just really release to because that's important and as men we have to understand that that doesn't make you weak. That makes you stronger. You know what I mean? Yes. You don't want to be six feet under. You know what I mean? Thinking that, you know what, <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm too big for this. So definitely take care of your mental health and your well-being yep. so that you can live a long, helpful, fruitful life. Exactly. Don't let stress or emotional baggage be the death of you. Um, because mm -hmm. it will, it'll impact you uh, physically as well. Um, and I don't have, you know, what I'm going to do, guys, uh, for those of you who are watching, we'll make sure to add this on the end of the show. There is a national mental health crisis line. So if you don't have that confidant or someone you feel that you can trust, you know, some people are like, I'm not talking about my business. It's going to be out in the streets. Okay, I get it. I get it. But there's someone out there that can help. And so I'm going to provide the phone number for that at the end of the show so you guys can call and tune in because we really want you to have someone to talk to or at least a starting point, especially if you're getting to the tipping point of, you know, why, you know, why am I here? Because stuff can get really, really heavy and people can sometimes question, does it make a difference if I'm here or not? And I really don't want anyone to get to that point. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we'll make sure to provide that number at the end of the show. And there's a, a website as well. You can text for some help. Um, so Mike, this is some good stuff. I'm really looking forward to your book, uh, releases tomorrow. Uh, where can people find the book? Where can we buy it? I mean, give us all the details. Yeah, it's on uh, Amazon. It's on Barnes & Noble. It's BAM. Anywhere books are sold is in Target. You know, uh, pre-sales have been going very well. But once again, August 19th, this is be on, to be on your bookshelf. So just 
Go check it out. Open mic, uh, you know, my memoirs. It tells everything about my life, whether you want to hear it or not. But like I said, be ready because it's raw. It's unfiltered. I, I, I got God in my life. Don't get me there wrong. You go. And I'm very spiritual. Don't get me wrong. That's all but you need. Yeah, yeah. But God and Google. Yeah. <laughs> that that gets you everything you need to know. God and Google. Yeah. There you go. That's yeah, all you need. Yep. Yeah. Now, um, so you guys make sure um to go out and check out and get Mike's book. I mean it's gonna I'm sure it's gonna be a bestseller. I'm speaking that oh, into fruition. It probably has already sold several copies. We're gonna keep that uh, keep that prayer out there. I'm sure it'll do well. And guys, even if it's not for you, I'm sure you know someone. Uh, you know, and I'm not just saying that this book is just for black men, but you know, Give it to somebody. I'm sure you know someone who could probably benefit from it. So, can I say something real quick? Sure. Um, because a lot of people sell on, on the cover. I don't know if you've seen the cover of the book. The cover of the book, and there, there's a reason mm -hmm. why I put the cover of the book. And we also got to get past that as men too, because a lot of men like I ain't buying that book because of the cover. Because on the cover, I'm basically I don't have anything on. Oh, you doing a D'Angelo? So, That's what you doing a D'Angelo? It's kind of like a, it's a D'Angelo thing, but there's it, it's not to show off anything. I swear to God, it's it's it's, it's it, there's meaning behind it because the cover is in black and white. So it's me coming out of the darkness okay. and coming into the light. So you see a little bit of light. You see me bent, my head bowed down because I'm not proud of the things I've done in my past. There's a little bit of an embarrassment there. Okay. You see me shirtless. You see me exposed because now I'm mm. being transparent. There you go. I, the, the most vulnerable you can be in your life is being butt naked. So I just want to say I ain't got nothing to hide. I'm naked. I'm vulnerable. And you see the microphone cords wrapped around me and that's been the things that's been bonding me. Oh. Those have been my traumas and my pains that's been bonding me for so many years. So that's why I call it, of course, open mic is as you know, being in, in, in uh, broadcasting, yep. you don't want to speak in an open mic because sometimes you're afraid of what you might say that Ooh. you don't want people to know. Well, I'm yep. speaking into an open mic. But on the back cover, it's a little bit lighter. My head is up because I'm stepping into the to the lightness, uh, to the to the bright lights now. Mm -hmm. And of course, Cynthia's on the back cover with me and I got somebody that has my back and she's wrapped oh, around I me. Love it. So, I mean, and, and these are my last chapters of my life. So, you know, I, they have meaning. So I just wanted to put that out there. Okay. No, that's good to yeah. know because some of y'all are petty. Mm -mm -mm -mm. So you heard the brother explain, and it actually makes good sense. So it's symbolic of the journey yes. that you've been through. So um, so guys, get over the cover. He's, the brother's already told us about how, you know, the reason behind it. And I think if more people took the time to just not look at things at face value, but take a time to take a deeper dive into what things mean. We'd have a lot more kindness um, and things going on in the world today. Um, Absolutely. But I'm excited about that. Now that you've explained that cover, that, that sounds even more reason to buy the book and want to read. So guys, if not for yourself, buy it for someone else. Um, I think this will be a great uh, book for people and it empowers people to talk about their mental health and things that they've been through um, and to feel like you're not alone. Because I think that's one of the worst feelings, feeling like you're alone. No one understands what's happened, your journey and you just feeling by yourself and like no one can relate. So, you know, Mike's being transparent. He's going to talk about his journey. I'm sure you can find some similarity in his stories. So this would be great, um, especially as, as he's talked about how this has made him feel lighter and better um, and how he's moved forward on with his life. Now, Mike, outside of the book, though, I, I, could, I couldn't leave without talking with you. Now, um, you've, you've, you've talked about your challenges and kind of uh, what's brought you to where you are today. Uh, you've mentioned that you were a divorcee times two and you were still able to find love. And, you, you know, you and Cynthia look so happy. 
out there. So um, any advice for anyone else? Because, you know, we're in quarantine right now. It's hard. Mm-hmm. People, and if you if you didn't have a boo before quarantine, it's even harder to date and meet people now. Um, and right. some people pre- feel, can feel hopeless about finding love, especially after you've had, um, and I'm not going to say unsuccessful relationships, because you learn from them. You learn from them and you get better each time. But any advice for someone who maybe has been in a relationship, it didn't work out, and they're still looking for that love of their life? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think when you do get out of a relationship that doesn't work, I do believe that you're right. It, it's actually successful because it served its purpose. Yes. So that was successful in what you needed to learn if you got something out of that relationship that's going to help you be a better man or woman going into your next relationship. So what I've learned about myself, and, uh, you know, everybody's different, but what I learned about myself and what I tell other people is, like, before you get into a meaningful relationship, one where you want to sustain a good, true love, mm. love yourself first. Boom. Make sure Mic that off. you are, yeah, <laughs> make sure that you are whole. Make sure that you are fulfilled. Make sure it's not a situation where you need a man or a woman Ooh, yes. because it's good to have somebody in your life. And yes, you would like that. You would want to have a good man or woman. But when you talk about a need, that means that you're missing something. That means that that person that's going to come into your life is supplementing a hole in your life. So what happens if that person takes that away? Mm. Then all of a sudden you're going to be desiring it. And then all of a sudden it becomes something that you might be addicted to almost like a drug. And you're like, you're going to stick around with this person because that one thing that that person provides for you, you feel like you need and it's just filling the hole in your life. So figure out a way to make yourself as whole as possible. And then... When you're ready for that, open yourself up to it. Don't rush into it. Don't let your wants become a need because I have friends like that who are old that have wants. I'm like, I want, man, I want it so bad. Just let it happen. And when it actually happens and it comes to you, I swear it's going to be even better. But also make sure that the person that you have mm-hmm. doesn't have a need either, that that person is whole as well. Because I always look at it like this. You can have a layer of a cake that's perfectly rounded, Mm -hmm. right? That cake is good by itself. You can eat that cake. That's fine. You can present it, looks good, perfectly rounded. But what happens when you get another cake, 360, perfectly rounded, stack it on top of one another? Everything else is the icing on top. You got a beautiful, good, moist cake that you want to eat. That's even better. But if you got a perfectly rounded one layer and then you got another cake, that got slices already missing Mason. out of it. it. It doesn't look right. It ain't right. So make sure you get somebody just as whole as you are and everything that you guys build together becomes the icing on the cake. There you go, guys. Because I know, listen, because y'all have written in, I've heard the comments. Uh, we've had a past episode talking about relationships. It's rough in these relationship streets right now. But that doesn't mean rush out mm-hmm. and, you know, get hitched to marry to the next person you meet. You got to work on yourself. Because, um, and I think we've all been through this, when we don't work on ourselves, those things, those traumas, those unresolved issues pop up in our, in our relationship, and it, uh, the relationship will only exacerbate these things. I mean, it's going to make things worse. So work on yourself. Find someone who, who's also worked on themselves um, mm-hmm. before, you, before you join. Because, um, listen, we, 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 all, we don't have time for stress and drama, so don't bring stress and drama to someone else. They won't bring mm-hmm. it to you, and you can have a beautiful union. It sounds like you guys were, uh, and you guys have a, a date set for your for your wedding. 
Yeah, I mean, it's 10-10, but, you know, COVID-19 oh. is supposed to be October 10th, but who knows what's going to happen. We might have to push it, the wedding date. We don't know if we can still get married today or whatever. We're still trying to figure things out, and we haven't even sent out the invitations yet. So yeah. it's like, because everything's kind of up in the air. But one thing I will say about us is, like, one of the things that I like about us is even though we're uh, a public couple and, mm-hmm. you know, we people see us on Instagram or whatnot, you know, we don't sugarcoat it. You know, we have issues, you know, and I don't want people looking, because a lot of people look at, social media and all people see are the people who are all happy and like, like I'm doing all, you know what? And then people want to actually emulate that and think that's what the perfect union is. Mm-hmm. A perfect union isn't something we're whole. We don't necessarily need each other, but we want to be in a relationship mm-hmm. and we're together and we're growing together. Now we're building and adding things on together. But at the same time, we have issues just like everybody yeah. else. But yeah, I, I think a lot of people, when people see people on social media, they all see the, the happy times and, you know, living a certain life or whatever. And I think one of the things that I love about Cynthia and, 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 my, and, and our relationship is that we don't sugarcoat a lot of things. Sure, we show that we're happy and love. And, and for the first time in my life, I'm able to fall in love because of everything mm-hmm. that happened in the book and whatnot and me being able to be the person that I am. But uh, we also have gone through some some rough stretches, and we even admit, like, hey, we've been tested during the COVID-19, the quarantine, or whatnot. But one thing I want to tell people is that when people look at us and they say, you know what, I want what you guys have. Can I find a mic? Can I find a Cynthia? I'm like, are you willing to work for it? Because mm-hmm. what I've That's realized right. in a good relationship is a relationship is work. A relationship is a partnership, just like a business. You got a CEO, you might have a CFO, a COO, or whatnot, but you still got to be able to work together to sustain that business to allow it to grow to become the Fortune 500 company that you hope it will necessarily be. Necessarily be, but you know it's what you put into it. So if you're with somebody that you're willing to go through wars with and not give up uh, on the first sign of the stress or any kind of issues, then you you may have found the right one. So and, and hopefully you know Cynthia <laughs> is the right one. I ain't doing this again. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But you know what? You've worked on yourself, and she loves you for who you are and all your. And that's one thing. When you can be who you truly and authentically are in front of someone, not having to put that mask on, uh, that's a great thing. When someone loves you and embraces you for yeah. who you truly are. And that's the type of person you really want on your life and on your team. So, um, I'm yeah, so she, glad. she wrote the foreword, actually, and she told me, she's like, if it wasn't for this book, we wouldn't be together. Oh. Because she had the manuscript. And she had the man. She. When I was, I actually met her around the same time I was going through what I was going through and I felt like I needed to write the book. And so while we were dating, she was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm writing. She's like, what are you writing? I'm writing this book. Um, well, I was, I was writing my memoirs. And she's like, read something to me. And I started reading it to her. And she said it started making her feel closer to me because yeah. I was unveiling parts of my life that I had never told anybody before. Yeah. And I felt comfortable doing that. So, I mean, it's it's all God's will. And you know, like I said, she she's been a big part of that, and and you know, I pray that she's the final chapter of my life. Well, not the final chapter, but we can create more chapters together. There you go. Um, that's a beautiful thing, and I'm glad that you were able to find that in each other. Because again, being being able to be vulnerable, your true, authentic self with someone, and feel like they're not going to judge you or you know just th- throw you to the side or to the curb. That's that's a real good feeling. That's a real good feeling. That's how I've been judged before. Listen. We got a lot of judgmental people out there, but we ain't going to go there right now. Right, Mike? (laughs) (laughs) Leave that alone. Leave that alone. But anyways, you guys, this has been a great conversation. Mike Hill, um, his book available. Actually, pre-order. You can actually pre-order it today. Um, Yep. 
and but it's officially released tomorrow. And Mike, tell us again, where can we find your book and where can people find out more about you and things you got going on? Uh, so it's uh, the book is called Open Mike, and you can find it on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, Target, wherever books are sold. Uh, like you said, pre-orders uh, uh, right now. You can also follow me on my Instagram at uh, it's Mike Hill, uh, and on Twitter at it's Mike Hill, I T S Mike Hill. And you know, uh, watch me on the Mike and Donnie Show on Fox Soul. Uh, once again, uh, Hyperdrive still streaming on Netflix, and Cynthia and I actually got uh, a show that is coming out pretty oh. soon as well. Been on the dating show, so we got something like that maybe in development to help other people try and find love through unconventional means as well. And uh, just I'm just trying to prosper and walk in uh, in God's footsteps. There you go, love it, love it. Um, so much success to you, the book, um, you and your fiance. I know you guys are gonna have a happy and long, healthy life together. Yeah. Um, guys, this has been a great episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to Ask Nurse Alice. Again, we talk about all things health, wellness, love, lifestyle, and everything else under the sun, all the tea with no copay. And you have just heard from Mike Hill. Um, again, Mike, thank you for joining us. Make sure to follow him. You guys make sure also to follow the show on your uh, favorite podcast platform, Ask Nurse Alice. Uh, like, follow, subscribe, all those beautiful things. And s keep sending your comments and your questions. Let us know what you want to hear because this is a show for you. Okay, guys? So uh, until next time, make sure you're social distancing, washing your hands, taking good care of yourself, loving one another. And until next time, live well, my friends. Bye. This has been an Inclusive Media Podcast Studios production.